Hey there, and welcome back to Scopophilia. We are the millennial movement. And I, of course, am your host, Becky Teller. And if you didn't already know, or if you didn't listen to part one of this interview, I am nursing a summer cold. That is why my voice sounds a little more nasally and a little less NPR here on Scopophilia. But it is on its last legs, so the rest of my interviews should be just dandy. So, on that note, we are continuing our discussion with our special guest, David Abbott of Netflix. He is a production finance executive. I got it right that time. And just an overall wonderful person, so passionate about getting people opportunities, about fostering the next generation, about all of the things that I am also super passionate about, so just a delight to talk to, and and also so interesting to look at the production of film in a different way. I think a lot of people think, oh, I'll write a script, that's how you make films, I'll, you know, I'll direct something, that's how you make films. The creative aspects of filmmaking, I think, are the first things that come to your mind, Um that's not the whole picture. And so I thought it was really important to talk to people from the business side of things because not everybody wants to write or direct, but they want to be involved in the process. Um, so here we are talking about it and bringing it center stage and, and letting people know that, you know, you don't have to just be an accountant. You could be a movie accountant. <laughs> so I will stop talking. I will let you finish this interview. It was wonderful. So without further ado, the second half of my conversation with David Abbott about his career as a production finance executive. Enjoy! Scopophilia is the newest thing to hit the market. Defined as deriving aesthetic pleasure from looking at something, it's the new craze sweeping the nation. Taken in large doses, side effects can include an addictive nature to have more film content. If this increase occurs, consult no one and keep listening. So, I mean, so let me ask you, you've, you've worked on a lot of interesting things. It sounds like you've kind of, you know, been all around the industry. Has there been a project that you've worked on that you would say is like your favorite or like something that you hold dear or anything like that? Uh, you know, my favorite is probably the film that, that I uh, was most hands-on in producing, which, which is called Best Man Down. Okay. Uh, and it was, we produced that film that was released in 2013, I think, or 2014. And, um, Ted Coland is the writer director of it. And, um, uh, it's a charming movie, uh, about what happens when people aren't exactly who you think they are. Even people, mm. someone you really know isn't exactly who you think they are. And it starred, uh, Justin Long and uh, Tyler Labine, who's now on, I think, New Amsterdam is the name of the series. So, oh, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, we had a good cast, and um, and um, Addison Timlin was the was, you know, kind of a co it was an ensemble piece. Shelley Long was in it, 
she had a cameo. Um, so um, that was probably my favorite thing to work on, simply because I it was the the work that I felt um, I, I loved the project and I loved the script and I loved the people that were engaged in it with me. Ted's just this like amazing, beautiful person and um uh and jen and uh, there were just so many so many wonderful people on the on the show it's it's hard to i'm you know i've got a brain like a sieve unfortunately my memory <laughs> is actually fairly full so yeah gotcha. uh, yeah but it was a great it was a great project i don't i can't give you like any like crazy stories from it because i i don't really have any Mm-hmm. You know, it was a, it, I mean, the set was pretty tame um, in terms of like hijinks and craziness. <laughs> we had some, we had, you know, we had a little bit of behind the scenes drama, but it was, it was pretty minimal. Right. Um, which is how I like to run my ship. Right. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, no, it was, you know, I think uh, um, we did, we had, we had really, really good people in, involved and and uh and they kept it on course and um no most of my crazier stories come from like early earlier stuff that i worked in my in my career you know the industry when i when i first started was crazy you know right. it was uh, it was a crazy place to work i mean mm-hmm. it was like i i liken uh working on film and and television particularly on the career side as it's being a carny right <laughs> It's carny life, right? You know, you're 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 on. It, it's trench warfare in, in the sense that you know <laughs> you're put together with this group of people mm-hmm. that um, you work very very hard with, and, and you so working closely with them and working hard with them galvanizes a very tight relationship very quickly. You know, people walk away from like especially bad shows, shows that are really difficult people walk away with the, the best friendships from the really difficult shows because right. those are your, you know, the people that you've been involved with on these difficult shows, those are your brothers in arms. And, you know, it's you against the world. You're trying to make a show, uh, against the, against odds, you know, everything can go wrong. And, um, so your brothers and sisters in arms, I should say. And, um, <laughs> so you, so it's a, it's a magical thing, but back then in, in the nineties, it was a, there was a lot of anything goes. I mean, there, you know, there was some behavior that I saw early in my career that was, that absolutely would not fly. Right. Today. Mm-hmm. I engaged in behavior on those shows that absolutely would not fly today. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's so interesting to think of, how of the industry changing. Cause I think I know for me, it's like you watch movies from different times. Like if I watch a movie from the nineties now, sometimes, you know, it doesn't age well, or it's like, like that part is so cheesy compared to like what we can do today or like, you know, makes me feel different things and nostalgia and all that stuff. But it's interesting to think about the way film being made changed as well you know what i mean like a hundred percent and it's still changing and and that is one of the great things about working in the industry really yeah is that nothing is static 
you know, it's not like working for Mutual of Omaha and, you know, I'm a, I'm a actuary and I'm looking at actuary tables all day. And, right. You know, and the, the actuary tables may change here and there, but, and, you know, maybe the technology to build the table changes, but the rea- but the reality is that, um, the dynamics aren't changing a whole lot in the film and television industry. The dynamics are, are changing constantly because mm-hmm. technology is what drives the industry. You know, we're a, we're a software industry that's driven by hardware and hardware uh, changes, uh, as technology improves. So, you know, the first digital cameras were and, and digital workflow solutions were really astonishing when they first came out. I remember the first, uh, um, project I worked on that had an Avid. Um, oh, wow. Avid. yeah. And, um, and I'm like, what is that? You know, and you're, <laughs> oh, what you're going to, you, you're working in files. Uh, that's crazy. You know, right. and then there was, um, the first, I remember the first, um, project I work on with, uh, digital cameras, you know, HD cameras, that was really special. And you're, and you're just learning. And so uh, I'll give you an, another example, a current example. Um, you know, The Mandalorian. I don't know if you watched The Mandalorian. Oh, well, of course. Who didn't okay. watch The Mandalorian? <laughs> who, well, who didn't, right? Um, so I don't know if you're aware, but uh, much of The Mandalorian was shot on, on a virtual stage. Right. Yes, yeah. I did see that. And so this is, you know, one of the newer tools, one of the newer technologies that is now being employed. And on one of the shows that I am uh, um, attached to at Netflix, we're using that technology. We're leaning very heavily into that technology. Now, this is a very different workflow from what I'm used to in terms of the way that art, the art department has to work, um, the way that the stage works. Right. Uh, you're, there's a dedicated stage for this. You know, I'm used to, I'm used to what I described on the glades. I walk into a stage and there's a house and I'm in someone's house. Well, now they'll build the house digitally and, you know, maybe they'll have some props and some set dressing is in the, and that's, uh, three dimensional in the foreground. Right. You're shooting against, uh, you know, against a digital, against a digital set basically. How? And, um, yeah. And there's, so there's the workflows around that are very different than what I'm used to. You're starting your art department really early mm. on these shows. Um, and, um, and then there's, you know, there are new positions that I've never had to budget for before new, uh, you know, stage builds that I've never had to budget for. So there's always something else. Mm-hmm. to kind of wrap your head around in this industry. And that's one of the things that I've always loved about it is it's a constant learning experience. You're always in school. <laughs> and, um, and, by, and by the same measure, you never know what you're doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, well, and so then speaking about school, I mean, I've done yeah. a little film school and, and it was you know, one of the best times of, you know, learning about film and, you know, figuring out what I wanted to be when I grew up and all those things. And so, I mean, what advice would you give people who are interested in doing like what you do per se, who aren't 
so much into like writing or directing or, you know, those aspects, but maybe are more into like the business aspects of film? Um, I would say reach out to me, you know, uh, you can put you all, you can put my information up on your blog and reach out to me. <laughs> if you have questions, I'm happy to, to advise, um, you know, we as a studio, you mean, are you speaking specifically about production finance or are you talking about um, physical production or? or? Um, I mean, I, I think I would say for the sake of, of this, maybe production finance, but okay. if you have an answer for both, no, I'm happy I to take that. it. <laughs> I love that because I really do feel that um, production finance is an oft overlooked aspect mm of the business, right? And it's becoming more and more critical for production. Like I, you know, now back, back when I was a production accountant, the most assistance I ever had in an office was two. You cannot do that now. Like the, the, the role of the production accountant, which is also called the production controller now oh. has just expanded. You really need to be much more of a production manager or, or at least engage with production management. I like to, I like to advise my, the, the accounts that I hire, like, I don't want you to be a bean, bean counter in the back office with your eight staff. You know, you've got to be really engaged with the line producer and the UPM as kind of the three headed, um, the hydra of mm -hmm. production. You know, you, I, I really want you to be engaged in managing this show. Um, so, um, so it is getting to be a, a much more important aspect of the industry. Now, there's two sides to the coin, right? There's there's the studio-facing side, which is what I do now, and mm -hmm. there's the show-facing side, which are the teams that we have in the field. And um, at Netflix, we actually have programs for graduates and, and maybe even for people who haven't graduated but who have an interest you know, maybe people who are, who fell out of the college track, mm. maybe they're in, you know, they're in community college, but we're, we're, we're trying to open ourselves up to underserved communities as, as much as we possibly can, where maybe the, the opportunities for education aren't as abundant. So, you know, we don't want to cut people off because they, they didn't have the opportunities to get a, to get a, a solid ed education. That's so amazing. We, it's one of the things I'm most proud of when it comes to our organization. Like mm -hmm. uh, that is really important to us. Um, so, you know, we have, um, we have a junior executive training program also called the jets program, which every time <laughs> I say it, I think, you know, when you're a jet, yeah. but um, that goes straight to West side story. But, um, the jets are basically, it's a program where, uh, Applicants can join up at Netflix, get some training as a, on the studio side, and then we'll place you onto a show as a clerk in wow. an entry level and, and have you work in the field and then come back into the studio and ultimately set you up for a career on either side of the fence. Some people may decide they want to be on the, on the, on the show facing side on the, you know, on the accounting teams. Some people may want to be on the studio facing side with us. So, um, that's one of the things that we're, we're doing, you know, I think that, um, there is a dearth of production finance talent out there in the world right now. Yeah. So I would say to anyone graduating 
who has an interest in film production and they want to get a good overview of the process. Production accounting is a great place. It was a lie that it's the fastest way to producing. <laughs> but but uh, mm-hmm. nonetheless, um, it's a great way to become a producer because you do get a good sense of how everything works. Um, and, um, you know, work your, go on to LinkedIn, uh, look around, uh, go to, um, go to, uh, in your state or your area, go to the IOTC rosters, go online. It's online. You can go to the IOTC rosters and see if you can, um, reach out to registered accountants about getting in on the show side. Um, like I said, contact me at the studio. If you're interested in a career, uh, I might be able to help you out. Um, uh, don't all come at once, please. <laughs> Maybe setting myself up for a terrible failure or setting <laughs> others up for terrible disappointment, but we'll see how it goes. Um, um, you know, also, the probably the best way in is via PAing, mm. and you know there are resources out there. I know um, Mandy.com. I think it's I think Mandy.com still exists. There are online resources for crew and crewing. I always used to say that, um, and I I'll hold to it now. Um, a lot of times when it comes to the where people end up on on in terms of on shows, like what they end up doing, you know, some people end up in the camera department, some people end up in the art department, some people end up in the finance department. Um, um, You don't really, a lot of times get to pick your career. It kind of picks you. Mm. Okay. So, so go get a PA job, you know, go get a PA job on, on the lowest budget thing that you can possibly get. Take college, go get a PA job on college, uh, you know, uh, productions. Um, just because the best way to get involved in the industry is to network yourself. And the best right. way to network yourself is getting onto those crews. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, absolutely. I totally agree. And it's, it's funny because I had a job not that long ago with a business school for a business college. And that was literally all they said was like, keep networking, just get out there and meet people and keep those connections. And absolutely. 100%. When I left Disney, the, the, the show that I worked on for the topper uh, remake, um, that was actually a get, through a family friend who Leslie Bellsberg is a family friend. She was producing that, that show. So she got me a job, but my next job I got through the production coordinator on that show. Okay. So who I worked for. Right. So, you know, you're going to meet people. Those people are going to like you and you're going to go on uh, and just, you know, it's not as scary as it sounds really in terms of working freelance at first, if you really apply yourself and people see it, they'll want to hire you on other shows. Right. <laughs> so between and, networking and, and word of mouth, all of those things, and then waiting for your career to find you in the midst 100%. of that. <laughs> yeah. How's that for guidance? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I Just mean, let it happen, man. Right. <laughs> 
the universe will point the way to you. Yeah. <laughs> Look for the signs. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of um, Coelho's um, the the uh, the Alchemist. Have you ever read The Alchemist? I haven't. No. I well, you know, everybody. Anytime you mention The Alchemist, someone someone in the room will almost certainly go, "Oh, really." <laughs> It's really, it's really pretty, you know, new age mysticism into a story, but it's really about like trusting your path. And, you know, as you said, follow the signs, like, you know, they're, they're out there for you to see. Absolutely. I I mean, there is definitely something in and, and definitely in my generation, at least all these millennials are like, I don't know what my path is. I haven't figured it out. I don't know what I'm doing. And, and I, I feel that a lot too, but it's always, you know, it's always me saying to myself, like, it'll happen. Like something, it's going to happen as long as you keep working hard. <laughs> well, one of the things, and it, and it will, right? I believe, right. like, you know, you're, look at what you're doing. You're meeting some pretty amazing people. Yeah. And, and Stephen Toblowski. <laughs> No, yeah, I'm, I'm a big. He doesn't know me. I don't know Stephen. I'm a huge fan of Stephen Toplowski. <laughs> me but, too. <laughs> um, you're meeting some amazing people, and like you know, so you are networking by way of this podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> I I will say I, I you know one piece of advice I really do want to impart to young young people looking to get in the industry: know what you want. Mm. Know what you want. If you don't know what you want, then say, I want to be a PA and make that and see that for yourself. There is something to be said for envisioning your future and, and having a goal. You know, the fact I just read an, I just read a a study the other day that said that uh, when people have very clear goals, they're far more likely to meet them. Mm. The goal is far more likely to be met than when someone doesn't have, when the goal is less clear. Right. It's a, there's a theory to it. I think it's called the straight line th- theory or the bright light theory or something, something like that. Like I that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> sure. Anyway, um, the, the, um, if you know what you want, then you've got somewhere to go. Right. But if you go, well, I know I don't, I know what I don't want. I, I know <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I don't want to end up cleaning out the trash cans and, you know, well, you know, you can't, you don't really go to what you don't want, you know, then you're just kind of sitting around. So no, figure out what you want and start going there. Absolutely. That is my best advice. I think that's great advice. I mean, I always think, you know, as long as you're working hard towards what you want, it's going to happen. The timeline might be what you not, you don't expect, but you're going to get there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, if you have direction, you will get there. No Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and so... It may not look the way you wanted, you wanted it to look. I never gave up on my dream of being an actor. I never did. I mm-hmm. never did. I, I, I went to acting school I, in, in my 30s. I, went, I started at the Beverly Hills Playhouse when I was 29 years old. And my acting teacher said, you're too old. And, um, but <laughs> oh, I learned, no. he, he was great. He, Alan Williams got, he's, 
uh, just such a wonderful uh, teacher. I had some really good teachers at the Beverly Hills Playhouse, but Alan was by far and away my favorite and the best. And I remember on my first night or second night, he said, he's like, how old are you? And I said, 29. And he goes, you know, people start doing this when they're like 14. I said, I try. <laughs> um, uh, and I had done some theater when I was younger, but I never was really formally trained or, or you know, classically trained. And so I, in my 30s, I did. And then I taught acting for a little while, um, so which was great. I taught scene study for about three years, and that was amazing. Um, but my dreams, of, my dreams of being an actor were never realized. But I've had a 35-year career in the industry that I dreamt of being in. Right. So that feels like a blessing. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And I mean, it's so amazing that, you know, you've had this career that you seem to really love and enjoy. And I mean, that's all you can really ask for out of life, right? <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah. Yeah. That and a really good soft serve ice cream cone. Absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so it feels like we're kind of coming to a nice conclusion here, but is there any other last, you know, things that you would like to impart to our listeners or fun things that you've just remembered now that I've said something that you'd like to leave us with? <laughs> Be excellent to each other. Wonderful. <laughs> no, that's uh, Bill and Ted. Yes. 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 Uh, oh. Is there anything, is there anything that I, <laughs> uh, last, last thoughts, last words? Um <laughs> So you're listening to a, a podcast that is, sorry, I've got a cat who is just dying <laughs> to, get, to get to me at this point. Um, you're listening to a podcast that is film centric, mm. which means that you have, you listener, probably have a great love for film. And maybe you even have an interest in working in film. And maybe you want to be an actor, right? Um and if that if if any of those are true, cultivate that love for film. Really cultivate it. You know, you you graduated with a degree in um, film, I believe, right? Is that uh, film and theater, yeah. Film mm -hmm. and theater. And so, you know, you, I'm sure you took film history. Of course. <laughs> you know, learned about um, lighting, mm -hmm. maison scene, mm -hmm. all that good stuff. <laughs> you know. And there, you know, I think that to uh, to some degree, in the age of vertical integration, commercialization, and corporatization, we have lost the independent craft. And so, I I would ask of the of the next generation to recultivate the love for the craft. I, you know, look, I, I'll be really frank with you. I'm not a big fan of Marvel films. <laughs> I'm not. And not because some of them aren't really good. Like Iron Man was a really good film. Oh yeah. Great film. But you know what? It looks exactly the same as every other Marvel film I've ever seen there. It's like they, they, there must be some, like uniform setting on the cameras that they use or something like yeah it's all blown out and super colorful and like uh, that's why i loved like christopher nolan's dark knight you know it's <sighs> yes 
by the way, uh, <laughs> not a great movie, in my in my opinion. Great performances. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Heath Ledger, like, uh, mind blown. Like, I'd watch that movie a hundred thousand times just to watch Heath Ledger exactly. You know, tear up the scenery. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, at least it looks. You know, it's got some something going on. Right. From a work standpoint. And so I, you know, I, I miss the, the, um, now I'm going to be nostalgic. I miss the, the era of film when the studios would, you know, make these kind of smaller bets, like, you know, Christopher Nolan's first film, Memento. Oh, great I film. Was, I think it was his first movie. It might not have been his first movie. Somewhere around there. Uh, great movie. Great, great, <laughs> great movie, right? Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, 19, 1998 i think think, so something like that somewhere around there yeah and you know right around that time there were still some really interesting independent films and smaller studio films that were getting made and now i just don't see a whole lot of that i think we're trying at netflix to do to do work like that Mm um you know with um You know, we're not Disney and we're Disney Fox and um, NBC Universal. So we don't have the catalog that they do to, to, you know, build upon these kind of franchises, right? Our biggest franchise right now is Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, you know, we've had some really big hits film wise, but like we, you know, we're looking for we're taking chances on movies because we're trying to find good, just good product, you know? So, so really uh, engage your love of film. See as many movies as you possibly can. One of my coworkers, one of my young, millennial coworkers <laughs> hates movies from the nineties. Hates oh, with a passion. Shoot me in the heart. Why don't you? How <laughs> dare they? <laughs> some of them were really bad, but um, some of them were great. And, um, and, but he hates them, but like, watch those, you know, watch the movies you don't want to watch. You and I were joking yesterday about like <laughs> how I've never really been into like art house. Right. Like, you know, like French films, movies. right? Yeah. Like obscure <laughs> French movies. I, I'm always like, I love it when like um, actors and producers and directors will get into interviews and they'll be like, yeah, there's this one, you know, the one movie that really informed my <laughs> career is like, you know, the shoot de and it's like i've never heard of this and i'm uh-huh. not i don't even know where to find it and you know <laughs> exactly yeah the film that really informed my career was like blade runner you know? oh great movie <laughs> yeah. so anyway cultivate your love for film see as many films as you possibly can i love that i think that's take, such a wonderful a class oh a hundred percent Yes, film history classes. That's my favorite. I love those. (laughs) Well, I mean, so we'll keep talking after this, but it has been wonderful to have you on the show. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you. It's my literally anytime. Thank you so much. It's been so much fun. What a delight you are. And and uh, do you have like an Instagram or anything that people can follow you on? I, I will, I, I will of course post your email somewhere so that people can get in touch with you. Uh, maybe I'll make a new account for like, for like I- inquiries. Right. Um, uh-huh. and I'll give that to you. But, um, and seriously, if you're interested in work, like I, 
I'll, I'll help people I don't know. So if you're interested, uh, I'll give I'll give you an email address. I'll set something up through Gmail, and uh, people can uh, write in. I love that. Um, I do have an Instagram. It's a much unused Instagram uh, <laughs> under I think it's uh, the Dave Abbott. I have a Twitter under the Dave Abbott. Not a lot going on there either. Um, <laughs> so just uh, shoot me an email. Uh, look me up on LinkedIn. Hook me up. You know, if you want to get in touch, you know, a good way to get me is through LinkedIn. Actually, there you go. Get me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. There you go. (laughs) Perfect. Well, all right. So I think that is the end of our segment here, but thank you so much again for coming on. And thanks for having me. It's been a real honor and a real pleasure. Back at you. It's been a real delight. Thank you. (laughs) Another huge, huge, huge thank you to David Abbott for coming on the show and talking about his unbelievably interesting career of finance, of movies, of the business side of making movies. I had such a blast chatting with him, and before and after the show and during the show, everything was great. Now, if you loved this interview... There are more coming, so fear not. But until then, you have a couple of options. Uh, option one, make sure that you are rating, reviewing, and subscribe to the show. Uh, it helps us a lot, and I love hearing from you guys, so it's a win-win for everybody, really, in the end. Um, secondly, you can go on the interwebs and follow our Instagram account, at scopophilia underscore podcast. Uh, as David mentioned in the interview, I will be posting some fun uh, job-related, film industry-related uh, resources uh, as this is dropping, so make sure you are keeping a lookout for that information. Uh, but we do also have a TikTok. You can follow us at scopophilia the podcast. Uh, and then also, you know, in the real world, make sure that you are telling your friends and your family and your family friends and your friends of family about the show because we love having everybody involved in this conversation. We love having you. We want them involved as well because you like them. So if they're cool with you, they're cool with me. As always, I'm your host, Becky Teller, leading the millennial movie movement here on Scopophilia. And I will see you all next Friday. Bye.